Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me again. My name is Diego Ochoa, and I'm superintendent of the San Mateo Foster City School District, and I'm here with you on the One SMFC podcast. And this is a program where we bring educators and administrators, community members, basically anybody who cares about our school district and wants to be engaged in conversations about what we're doing up to this podcast. And today, it's really exciting to be talking about the future of science learning in the San Mateo Foster City School District. And I'm here with three of my colleagues from the district office, and I'm going to let them introduce themselves, starting with... Hi, I'm Ian Kastelik. I'm one of the district science TOSIS. Hi, Kenyatta Cook, Director of Curriculum and Instruction. In Yen, I'm a district science TOSA working together with Ian. So we have parents who are listening to this program and actually other teachers who are wondering what a TOSA is. So it's a, you know, this is, we're a bunch of educators, so when we get around each other, we use acronyms because <laughs> we all know what they mean. Um, but a T-O-S-A, or TOSA, is a teacher on special assignment. What's really important about having people serve in that role for our school district is they're, they're so close to the work. They're so close to being in a classroom working with students that when we have them serve in this role as a teacher on special assignment, they still have that credibility. They still have that connection to what's happening in the classrooms. And for many of us administrators, it's been years. It's been, uh, for me, it's been 17 years. Kenyatta, how long has it been for you? It's been 17 years for me as well. Is that right? That's right. Wow. Since I've been in the classroom. Yeah. We get in there and visit, and we sometimes definitely substitute teach when, when it calls on it, but we're not planning year-long lessons anymore and Ian and Angel you're much closer to the classroom when was the last time the two of you were teaching classes yourselves um as of this morning um I'm actually teaching one class at Burrell right now so I get to have a first-hand experience on the pilot that we are doing and also see how that get implemented in the classroom did you get a latte this morning the staff was invited to yes I was actually talking with them about um, you hosting the barbecue for us, and yes. they uh, they shared with me that they talked with you as well. Absolutely, yeah. So, what was if you don't mind me asking, what was your drink? What did you get? Oh, I got a caramel uh, macchiato with hazelnuts. It now, was amazing. Did he give you a lecture about what a real macchiato is? Because yes. a couple of people ordered a macchiato, and he, you know, wanted to make sure we understood from this one yes. barista's viewpoint, the way Starbucks does it is not an actual macchiato. So there's a little bit of controversy in the macchiato community right. out there right now. He's <laughs> firmly on one side against what's happening over at Starbucks. And then, Ian, how about yourself? Um, I was also teaching this morning. I'm teaching a long-term independent study class in fifth grade. Amazing. So I had some instruction Thank this you morning. for doing that, by the way. Not, not the purpose of this podcast, but many thanks to all of our long-term independent study teachers, um, Ian being one of them, who've done a great job this year. You know, because we're all educators, we're so connected to the work that we're doing on a daily basis. Kenyatta, you're the new director of curriculum and instruction, and you're a former science teacher as well. I Is that am. right? Yes. Yeah. So yes. even though it's been 17 years, you still carry that, you know. Absolutely. It's yeah. at my core. It's a passion. Sure. It's who mm-hmm. you are. Talk about your role this year in supporting Ian and Angel and the rest of the science teachers and arriving at the purpose of this podcast, which is open site ed, what has been your role yes. in this process? 
So I've had the fortune to work very closely with both Anne and Angel this year, which has been great. And most recently, when we had our consensus meeting for the pilot, I was able to work with all the science teachers who were part of the pilot process, which was just great to be in those conversations and hear the passion come through about open Syed and why they loved it and what it was to them in in terms of the pilot, but also as a science educator and a science teacher. So my role this year has really been to collaborate. We started by collaborating, collaborating on the process, which was so important. Um, as, as you may know, Superintendent Choa, this has been a three-year process to get to this decision of um, moving forward with Open Syed. So it started in 2019, and during that time, the science team had an opportunity to explore a lot of different uh, curricula out there and really dig in, um, engage in a really rigorous and robust process under both Ian's and Angel's leadership. So I came in this year and just really got a chance to collaborate with them around the process because it was so important for it to um, allow all voices to make sure that every teacher who was representing their schools and representing their science colleagues had a not only a voice but could also provide evidence to con convince another educator part of the pilot as to why they felt um, Open Sciat was the direction to go in. So um, it's just been great. Yeah, you want great. you want the process to not feel like you rush through it. That's right. But you also can't do this year after year. You have to have reasons mm -hmm. for why you want a certain curriculum because Open Syed is not the only curriculum out there. Right. Ian, talk to us from your perspective as a veteran, somebody very engaged in this work. Why Open Syed? What what was it about Open Syed that really caught your attention? That's a really good question. Um, so many of the curriculum that we have uh, piloted um, were developed in a rush and were developed right after the new state standards, the next generation science standards came out. And traditional vendors, uh, publishing companies, rushed to put a label of NGSS on a curriculum that um, wasn't designed for NGSS, but it was aligned to NGSS, and that, that sounds kind of like a fine line of difference, but really what the difference is, is some companies took the curriculum that they already had and found NGSS principles within that curriculum and said, okay, here's a um, cross-cutting concept, and here is a good example of um, scientific modeling processes. The difference with what came later and OSE, Open Syed, is one of the later developers. Um, the difference is that OSE designed their curriculum from the ground up to be NGSS specific. So it designed its curriculum to fulfill the NGSS vision um, of real phenomenon-based uh, activities where students are the drivers of the investigations to a large degree to help them explore um, a phenomenon or a question um, in order to solve it. So what we loved about Open Syed was just that. It really put kids in the driver's seats. It was designed to be guided by the students in order to be inquisitive learning. And that really is what we want our students to, to be, is inquisitive learners that can take what they're learning in this class 
and in their science classes over the three years, hopefully, that, that they're involved in through sixth, seventh, and eighth grade, and transfer that to their everyday lives as, as citizens in our community, to think like scientists and to be able to move through problems that they encounter in a way that, that is factual. Well, and it's a big vision, too, right? It's what Open Syed is really putting out there for school districts is to say, don't just look at science education as a list of topics to cover, but treat science education as an opportunity to allow kids to investigate, to allow kids to wonder about things and do the research behind why they might wonder that. Absolutely. And I think that's the best part of the NGSS is that it it really is a design in equity because kids who were great science students because they could learn facts and because they could um, take great notes um, are kind of at a disadvantage. It doesn't necessarily play on their innate abilities or their um, discovered abilities to be a great student. It really goes back to their being able to think and talk and work with other folks in order to come up with a response and to, rather to divine an answer to the problem that's in front of them. And that really equalizes the playing field. And Angel, you start your mornings at Burrell. What do you see with these kids? How are they engaging with this curriculum? I think what it's different is that um, adding on to what Ian said, it's not just about the student who is good at taking notes. It's not about the students who are good at memorizing, which traditionally we have science vocabulary and students who are very good at memorizing vocabulary. And I have many nightmares about the ion chart. Trust yes. me. Just <laughs> and the periodic tables. I'll lose sleep thinking about all the ions. Right. So I think traditionally, science is perceived as if you're good at memorizing, if you're good at um, putting all these like all these formulas together, then you are uh, good at science. But I think what this, um, how open science really change, not just the way students learn science, but also the way teacher teaches science as well. So it's not about like, hey, today we are going to learn about kinetic energy. Let's take our worksheet. Let's write down the definition of kinetic energy. Let's think about what are the different examples of kinetic energy. So it's actually a very new, it's a new and fresh opportunity for both teachers and students because it's new for both. It is giving a phenomenon that we can see every day. Um, in sixth grade, they have a chance to take a look at a one-way mirror, and they take a look at, hey, can window also act as a one-way mirror? And in which scenario we can see that even in this room that we are in right now, there are window around us. So in what case can they act as a one-way mirror? How does the lighting affect how mirrors or window can act as a one-way mirror? Um, and in seventh grade, we take a look at the bath bombs. And in eighth grade, we take a look at what happened when you break your cell phones, which is something that <laughs> a lot of the students have experienced They're very before. interested in that. Exactly. So they are taking a look at daily phenomenal that they can see in their daily life. And they go through investigation. Um, not all in one day. I think this is a part that is very different from traditional curriculum. It's not like, hey, today, this is the question of the day. We are going to find out the answer at the end of the day. It's not in that um, traditional method, but rather they explore phenomena at the beginning 
every single day they go through a little bit of breadcrumb to see, hey, we are going to test the lighting in the two room. How is it different? And because students are new to this style of learning, sometimes they want to rush. Sometimes they are thinking like, what is the answer? I want to know the answer right now. But it is the teacher's um, role to act as a facilitator and say that, hey, let's go back and let's take a look at this article. So they learn a breadcrumb at a time and then they reach to the conclusion at the very end. Well, and I want to share something with you all that I think you're going to be excited about. I was over at... Uh, North Shoreview Montessori and Parkside Montessori, we went into a sixth grade uh, math classroom at Bayside today also. Today was our day to visit those three schools as the superintendent and school board make these school visitations. So we walked into a sixth grade math classroom. The students were in small groups working together on a problem that that the teacher set up for them where there was, if you can think of like a graphing paper, the teacher drew a big rectangle and then drew two isosceles triangles with a space in between. And the problem was for the kids to be given the answer in two different ways. So the question, if you can think about it, repeated itself twice, right? So like version one of the question and version two of the question. And the students were given two different answers to the question. Mm -hmm. But the challenge was for the students to understand why that was the answer. So they weren't looking to solve the problem. They were being asked to think about why a particular solution might relate to the visual that they were given, which is just an example of the kind of sort of curious, uh, intellectual, thought-based learning that we're starting to move this district towards. And that's what you're you're referring to, your description of sort of the the example you gave of, of lighting and giving them these breadcrumbs, as you put it. I really like that expression, the breadcrumbs, so that it's not sort of a leap. It's more a jump, and it's more one step in a process. Exactly. So students, they do not know the answer in one day, but throughout this few weeks of investigation, they're able to put different evidence together. We talk a lot about claim evidence and reasoning um, in NGSS, and they're able to put different evidence that they learn to um, compile their explanation at the very end. And it's also something that they take with them to the next investigation. Exactly. The process you're teaching them about this one particular issue, that's that's part of the design too, right, Ian? For Absolutely. them to be able yes. to take something they're learning and apply it in the future. Um, that's how science is actually really like um, in real world because even as scientists, they do their research, they do not find the answers to the problem that they research for in one day. Some research take years, and that's um, something that I was very amazed by when I was as a college student years back. Um, But hearing from the professor how science is not that it's a wow experience every single day, but it takes a lot of time to research, to find evidence, and then finally to them publishing a paper. So we want really want our students to learn how a process of science is actually really like. And with this curriculum, will we see our students writing? Will we see our students discussing? Talk a little bit about the products kids will actually create. So I'll just give a little bit, and then I'll defer to Angel since she's using it in her classroom. But yeah, the idea is that kids are doing a lot of writing. Um, The science and engineering practices, one of the three cornerstones of the next generation science standards, 
has a lot of thought processes, a lot of kids getting an opportunity to put down on paper what their thoughts are and what they're thinking about at the moment. Um, the iterative model is really big where kids will say, okay, right now this is the explanation that I have for this phenomenon. This is what I think is happening. And then they'll get an opportunity to have uh, another activity, another lesson, another lab experience. And after that, their idea shifts and changes a little bit. So they get an opportunity, a chance to go back and revisit that model that they originally had, whether it's a, a written model or a drawn model, um, sometimes a combination of both those things. And then they have uh, the chance to, to change it, to modify it, and to describe to their partners, to the classes, to their teachers, how their, change, how their thoughts have changed and how they now see the phenomenon and what new evidence they've gained. So there is a lot of writing, a lot of introspection. So in sixth grade, for example, um, they start by talking about um, taking a look at a box model and writing down what they notice and what they wonder about. And then they start a very, very basic diagram of stick figures, drawing what they think is going to happen. And again, it's like a um, what we mentioned about breadcrumb investigation. Um, so it's not that they find out the answer on one day, but one day they will be taking a look at the difference between a one-way mirror and then they write down their observation. And that's all they're doing. So they're thinking about like, can we go to like the end? But we are like, hold on, let's take a look at this three material. How are they different from each other? And a bit at a time, they build on their model. So now they are writing about, hey, we are doing this reading. How are the structure and the material of mirror, one-way mirror and glass different from each other? And then they go back and add it to their model. So you can see in this picture that it's very different. It's not a stick figure anymore. They're adding how the material is different, how the light reflect, transmit, and how they go through um, the material differently. And here's another example about how um, students are really writing down what they are thinking about. They're also putting in pictures what they're thinking about. There's a lot of rooms for students to express what they're thinking, not just in writing, but also in drawings. So it really reaches um, students with different levels. So it's not just about, hey, you can write, you are good at writing, and then you are good at science. It's not like that. It's a lot of opportunities for to engage students in different um, levels. Um, there's a lot of parallels with ELA and ELD, and so one of the things about Open Syed is that it supports our ELA and ELD standards. So when we're talking about the writing that students are doing based on evidence, is really supportive of argumentative and explanatory um, writing. And so that's just one of the things that we think about, not just at you know the science level, but at the big level, which is how are we making sure that our students are reading and writing across our curriculum? So how are we working with our science teachers and our social studies and language arts teachers to make sure that literacy is at the forefront no matter um, what the specific curriculum is or what, no matter what the content is? When I think we have an opportunity next school year, we're adopting this new curriculum. Will we train our teachers in this new curriculum? What, what will happen at the big level, talking about all 
middle schools and all middle school teachers. Sure, sure. Um, so in thinking about next year, we're definitely going to have like two different phases of professional development. So um, Ian and Angel and I have already started collaborating around um, the full um, suite of PD. For example, teachers who haven't had training at all, um, there are specific courses that they can take that's longer. And then teachers who had some training as part of the pilot process will have an opportunity to engage in a part two PD. So we're actually differentiating our PD offerings next year so that teachers who haven't um, had a chance um, to be part of the pilot process will be deeply immersed in um, what they need to do and what they need to know. And um, for teachers who are a little bit further ahead because they were part of the pilot, they'll also have some professional learning to engage in as well. So we're kind of developing a differentiated um, path for, for our science teachers with that. And once we get this embedded in our classroom next year, mm -hmm. get all the materials, get all the training in, we'll have some opportunities to work with our communications department, to work with our equity department to get some of these parent events going so that our parents can learn about what our students are doing. Right. I think it's very powerful instruction. Um, sometimes you go through a process like this and you adopt new curriculum and you end up, I think you alluded to it earlier, Ian, you end up disappointed because you kind of bought a curriculum that, yes, technically it's called NGSS, but in reality they kind of stuck that label on it. It's kind of it's the same curriculum, maybe just kind of moved around a little bit, but exactly. it's not innovative. Mm -hmm. What we're adopting is innovative. Mm -hmm. What we're adopting is high quality. Well said. Yes. And we're going to support it by giving training to teachers, and then all year long next year we'll celebrate it. And it started today with this podcast, this yeah. opportunity to sit down with the three of you um, and share this story with the parents of San Mateo Foster City. And with that, I thank you for joining us on the One SMFC Podcast.